Hey, it's Ross Baton with Roadland Bubble Radio. This is RBBR episode 164, Railroading Off the Cliff. Uh, we're going to be talking about uh, railroading in games. Uh, why it's not fun and how to avoid it and that kind of stuff. So, yeah, uh, it's going to be a fun episode. Uh, with me uh, tonight as guests are Bill and David. Nice to be here. Yep. Same. <laughs> All right. Uh, we have a bit of news first, actually. Uh, first off, uh, we have a new uh, type of show on our, the RPPR Patreon, uh, Mashup Mayhem, uh, where we're taking different things and adding them together in RPG settings. So in our latest episode, we had Aliens, Predator, and Cthulhu. Uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, our first episode had D&D and Wrestling. So um uh, yeah, that seems, yeah, Bill's nodding in approval. So, uh, if you like our RPPR page here, check it out. Uh, and we'll be posting little preview clips. I've been posting preview clips on the social media, Twitter and Facebook and all that. So, yeah. yes, I think I've heard a few of them on the Book of Faces. <laughs> the Book of Faces. Yep. Uh, that's, that's what it's called in the grim dark future, which we are hurtling towards rapidly. Uh, <laughs> again, so just true. Si- silent. So up. very true. Yeah. Um, in less, uh, good news, but I think it's important to announce it. Uh, this is sort of a, a bit of industry news, tabletop RPG industry news. Um, a, uh, game designer by the name of Zach S. Uh, he is a writer in the OSR community. He's done a lot of, uh, retro clone fantasy RPG stuff, um, has been accused of assault, uh, sexual assault and abuse, by four separate women. Uh, I'm going to link to two of their stories. Uh, his um, Mandy Morbid and Vivica Gray, who have, I mean, content warning, these are very graphic, very uh, brutal stories, and I believe their allegations. So as a public service announcement, I just want to recommend no one buy or read uh, Zach S's uh, products. We, the tabletop industry, like every other industry, in the world right now, seems to have problems uh, with treating uh, women like they're humans. Yes, um, it's called a lot of people call it the broken stairs theory, where uh, people there are some people who are broken stairs that you know you if you know about them you avoid them, but the idea is a lot of people don't know about them and hurt the, get hurt. Um, and so uh, Zach S is a uh, broken stair. Um, so that's not the phrase I would use to describe the man, but right. I'm a little bit too genteel to say it aloud. Um, yeah, he's already been kicked off of uh drive through RPG and indie press revolution. Uh, and this is a developing story. So, um, yeah, if you go on Twitter, I'm sure you can read a lot more about it. Uh, but, uh, on the other yeah. hand, that does involve going on Twitter. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, this is just a, a sort of announcement. Um, yeah. Anyways, uh, we should, uh, I, I'll have links to their stories in the show notes and, um, yeah, I'm sure there will be a lot more, uh, coverage on this in the coming days and weeks. Uh, but yeah, so definitely avoid his stuff. Uh, anyway, um, let's move on to our show topic, which is of course, railroading. Uh, and, uh, this came up as sort of a discussion in uh, RP. I think it was Rain. We, we sort of mentioned, you know, we're railroading off the cliff or something like that. Yeah. There's sometimes when players leap off the railroad and take the engine off a cliff. Yeah. It's the case <laughs> of the, well, we need to go to this logical conclusion and then everybody else or the group somehow decides to go the opposite way or perpendicular to it. 
and somehow go exactly opposite the goal that you're planning. And how do you deal with that? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So like what, I mean, first off, we kind of have to define what is railroading and then like, what, what, where do you draw the line? Um, because it's my, I mean, a lot of people, it's kind of one of those, I know it when I see it sort of situations, but a lot of people think that only GMs can railroad. And I don't think that's true. I think players can railroad a group, uh, particularly very sort of, I wouldn't say strong will, but kind of obnoxious players uh, who ignore a lot of social cues, uh, can railroad a group into an unwanted direction. Uh, and railroading isn't just about plot. It's not like we're avoiding the quest. We're avoiding the mission. Uh, it can also be about theme. Um, players can very easily change one person at the table. Any, you know, player or GM can sort of change what the, the what the theme is of a game. And this thing's like tone, atmosphere, sort of motifs, and just kind of like unilaterally change it to something else. And then like, it's, you thought you were playing this, but now it's this. And now no one's having a good time. Bamboozled again. Bamboozled again. Um, if you How thought, did we end up in Fraggle Rock? Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. We, we have a term for it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> a bit of a in-joke in RPPR uh, when Kale was trying to run a very serious uh, kind of grim game about you know post-apocalyptic economics you know red markets and we started naming our characters and group after characters in fraggle rock and or uh i think it was actually uh, it wasn't even necessarily fraggle rock it was uh the i think we Show. started it with uh dr teeth yes. yeah yes I did. and we decided to go for naming our group after members of electric mayhem yeah and Caleb didn't like that shift in tone. So we were kind of railroading Caleb away from what he wanted to do. But I mean, that's, I, yeah. I still maintain that that's embracing the like sort of sinister edge of the Muppets that was you know, always <laughs> yeah. present in the original Muppet show cast. But I digress. I mean that, but that's, that's kind of the thing, isn't it? That's sort of the core of the thing is like railroading is a very subjective thing. It and is. how do you, and when you feel like you're being railroaded at the table, no matter what, whether you're a player or a GM, it, it sucks. And then, uh, but other people don't have the same perception as you necessarily. So like, um, yeah, I mean, how do you, how do you first define it? Like, um, Bill, what do you think? How do you define railroading? Oh boy. Yeah. Um, so, okay. That, that's sort of interesting because, you know, as regular listeners might, you know, no, I, I sort of try to do my research mm-hmm. and like, essentially where I'm going with that is I spent a lot of time like in, in my younger days as GM, like one worrying about what railroading is and sort of like ending up in these sort of aimless and formless scenarios because it's like, I don't want to put any restrictions down and even trying to nudge people in the direction of a plot can you feel Still like a tyrant is railroading. Yeah. 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 Like, I mean, it's tough to like sit in the GM chair and have all that phenomenal cosmic power and, you know, not feel like everything you do is pushing mm-hmm. the, the group in the direction of something. Mm-hmm. And depending on your group, um, you're either <laughs> hurting weedle or hurting weasels or hurting cats. And sometimes it's easy enough. You shine the laser pointer in the right spot and you get them to come the right way. But um, I made a lot of early mistakes where I would write out the entire adventure path. Um, I'm old enough to remember that one of the first games that I picked up was um, a Dark Sun boxed set. And it came with adventure flipbooks to it. And it said, well, if your players decide to do A, turn to page three. If your players decide to do B, turn to page four. And your players chose to do lilac 
Yes, my players chose Lilac, and we went off the printed page rather quickly. And some of those adventure paths were handy to have, and I've still got a few of them packed away, mostly for encounters, because I think that some of the encounters in there were very well written. Um, but to move from page A to page B to page C doesn't always work because your players are people. And sometimes when you say, well, you've got, you can go for this or you can go for that. They're not going to go for this or that. They're going to go for the other thing. I just want to interrupt because uh, Rob Zeiss from the Orpheus Protocol Hello. Uh, has uh, actually, he drove all the way uh, to Springfield just to be in this episode. Well, actually, which is really multiple. impressive considering <laughs> we only got it scheduled an hour or two ago. <laughs> yeah, no, he he's How here for the weekend to do driving? multiple <laughs> I, podcasts. Well, I was actually driving extremely fast, but that's neither here nor there. Yes. Hello, everybody. I'm Rob Stith from the Orpheus Protocol. I'm here for... A couple Multiple days podcasts. to do all yeah. kinds of podcasting and nonsense. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, we're, t- we're talking about railroading. Uh, and uh, David talked a little bit about it, what defining it and all that. Bill, did you get a chance to do that? But Yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I started in and sort of rambled around for yeah. a minute. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's a good podcast. Uh, yeah. So, Rob, what do you think railroading is? That's an interesting question. Uh, obviously, there's a lot of debate about what the definition of railroading yeah. is. Mine, my definition is probably pretty narrow Mm -hmm. i would say a lot of things that maybe well certainly people on reddit or something would say Mm -hmm. oh that's railroading or be worried about it being railroading. i'd be like yeah "Yeah, it's fucking fine right but what do actual humans think um (laughs) (laughs) thank you um i think that to truly railroad you kind of need to just as a gm be negatively reactive to what the player wants Okay. Um, if I, for example, I would not call it railroading if you have a linear plot and there's like more or less the beats mm-hmm. written out and then you take what the players are doing and find a logical flowing in the story way of getting to one of the points further down the line, even if you skip a few, mm-hmm. uh, it'll all end up in the same place, whatever. And there's of course also the trick of the players. If they have a good relationship with the GM, if there's a social contract going on, will generally interact with the most interesting thing that you put in front of them, which more or less lets you do a tunnel of fun style linear plot. If you want to a lot of the stuff where they're trying to go off and like, I just want to bake pancakes instead of doing adventures in the dungeon. Like that's usually because the relationship isn't there uh, one way or another. But, uh, I think you kind of have to be like, no, you're not allowed. You can't make a role for that. Or mm-hmm. no, that is not a way that you could possibly do that. And, and like asking clarifying questions about player intent where they're about to do something really crazy that's going to get them killed or something. Mm-hmm. I would not call that railroading. But if you're just like, no, 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 not only. Yeah, are setting we doing, some kind of limits. Yeah, yeah, not only are we doing my linear plot. We are doing every step along this track in the order that I want them. Mm-hmm. You may and roll we are, a search check now. Yeah. And the way that we get from point A to point B to point C is already predetermined. Yeah. And I literally have heard actual play podcasts with Patreons that do that. Yeah. Uh, like, and so I don't know, my definition of railroading is probably not very useful because it's very extreme. Uh, but that is because I've seen ways of yeah. using almost any other kind of, 
negotiation or mm. suggestiveness from the GM's part toward the story and the players work out well and in a collaborative way. So mm-hmm. it's, and I guess it's just because railroading has such a dark connotation that I don't want to call anything that doesn't suck railroading. Well, and yeah. truth be told, um, if you give your players the two different options, it's okay, you can go with this caravan or you can check out the Oasis. If they say, I want to go run screaming into the desert. Well, if you go run screaming into the desert, you're going to die. Well, you're not letting me have any choice. That's railroading. No, that's logic. That That's basic Yeah, I mean, logic. setting limits, like saying, like, yeah, I, I want to jump off the cliff. Well, you'll die. Like, I, Well, now you're railroading me because I can't jump off the cliff. Okay, fine. Falling damage exists in this game, you know. So jump uh, off the cliff and you died. Yeah. Now here is a piece of paper. Make your new character. <laughs> mm-hmm. And uh, we'll pick you up at the next logical spot to shoehorn you in like right now um you see i i mean i i see that what you're describing is definitely a railroading to me but for me what i'm thinking about now is that i think anyone at the table can railroad even players um because that player is kind of railroading because he's saying i want to now go in the desert i want the game to be about that and now the game is now about this player not agreeing to the premise and taking everybody along with them make it the me show yeah make it the me show and uh and i so there there's this kind of disagreement um and the game can't really proceed until we deal with this this digression off into the desert um so and i and there's also uh aside from plot railroading which you're describing you know a to b to c at in this exact way there's also i think sort of tone railroading which is like i'm doing a serious game well i'm playing uh sir knee and i'm <laughs> quoting monty python the entire time and Walk i don't know yeah exactly or the, as an rppr calls it fraggle rocking so um i mean maybe i'm being too loose in defining railroading no but, I, li- I like it yeah. i like it actually because in both of these instances what you've sort of described and this is brilliant mm-hmm. ross uh i'm going to use this from now on <laughs> um in both of those cases someone yeah. at the table is cutting the other people at the table out of the possibility space for what's going on oh mm-hmm. yeah, yeah uh more or less either you could do it as you said with tone Mm-hmm. Uh, the GM can obviously do it by denying uh, what the player is trying to engage with. Uh, but a player can also do it in like the classic rogue problem way. Uh, if they if they go off on a like sub scene or a scene that only they can interact with mm-hmm. and they deny the social contract and like keep it going and going mm-hmm. and going and going and going and like don't try to make active efforts to bring it back to where the other people can fucking have some fun. Yeah. Uh, so like, I do think that you've sort of stumbled on a, an almost elemental factor that leads to railroading, which is stopping the other people from being able to do what they want to do. Yeah. But Rob, I mean, haven't you ever played magic? The gathering fun is a zero sum game. The more of it I have by the very nature, the less of it you're going to have. My definition of a zero sum game in that case is the more magic cards you buy, the closer your level of fun approaches zero. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. Also true. Oh man. Fair. You There's know. a reason I only play limited. <laughs> I, I also, I also enjoy limited more. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, sorry, David. Yeah. Well, and I've got to say sometimes um, those player incidents or player instances where the group kind of has a decision and they all decide to go off into the desert. Um, 
those can still be fun. Mm -hmm. And it's up to me as a DM to roll with it. Um, I was running a variation on Tom's There's Monsters in the City game. And when I set it up for all of the players, they distrusted everybody who had an altruistic outlook. (laughs) And they decided to go with the 'er ne'er-do-wells. And so I kind of had to shift the focus, kind of like going from the L to the subway, where they decided, oh, no, the priestess who is geish to always tell the truth, who is telling us that she's trying to save the city, we don't trust her. But on the other hand, uh, that lich who is raising an army of undead in the uh, underground of the city, he seems trustworthy. Seems like an upstanding gentleman. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, he's evil as can be, but at least he's honest about it. He he's may- going to drain the swamp. Yeah. Oh, fuck. <laughs> Uh, and fill it with skeletons. Yeah. Um, this- Wait, I voted for face-eating leopard guy. Why is he eating my face? Uh, He's not eating the right people's faces. Yeah, yeah that's such- Anyways. Uh, but it did lead to some fun <laughs> moments because the players embraced that level of it uh, extremely well. Um, I'm bad about puns, as we all know. Um, so I basically made him and I took the high points that I was going to put on some of the other characters filed the serial numbers off and I gave them to the bad guys. Hell yeah. Yeah. So the lich turned into the person that they went to for their magic items. Yeah. Um, half the group decided that instead of going for bag of holdings, they were going to go for handbags, which are a bag of holdings made out of skeletal hands. Mm-hmm. Um, in one particular case, he offered a favor because somebody really needed a magic item. And he said, okay, here's the thing. I'm going to need a lot of corpses for this. So if you can fill a bag this big full of corpses, I will help you. And they said, sure. (laughs) And proceeded to do that. They said, well, we're going to be clearing out a ninja stronghold anyway. Solves two problems. Loot it, shove it in the bag and move on. It's really just sustainable, you know, magic item creation. Um, it kind of is. To raise your reputation with this fact, yeah. and please collect 100 <laughs> red flags. Oh, no. Yeah. Um, I think this is sort of a demonstration of, like, the difference between, like, like RPGs are, like I've we said over and over again, it's about, are about collaboration and sort of negotiating between all the different people at the table. And so the, this is an example of the negotiation collaboration. It's like if you're on a, if you're all on a boat on a river and you all have a paddle, you all like I'm we're all going to paddle in different directions, but then you all talk. Hey, we should paddle around this giant rock and work together. That means you paddle to the left, you paddle to the right, and we somehow it works together. The Mario Party memories. Yeah, are just I, too, <laughs> too fresh. I was thinking of Mario Party. Thank mm. you. Um, but then the the railroading is the the one person at the uh, the boat who's like, I'm going to paddle to the left. Fuck you all. I want to paddle to the left, and it doesn't matter what happens. Because I want to paddle to the left, and and the thing is, this can have this this is can be anybody at the table, you know. And this is isn't just necessarily GM to the players, players to the GM. It can also be player versus player because you know when you're improving as you're role playing, i.e. But like, uh, I don't know how many times I've been like role playing, and then like I say, all right, my character is going to do this, and people are like, well, I'm going to do this, and well, well, you're not responding to what I'm doing at all. You're just doing your character shtick over and over again. Like, you know, I'm, uh, I'm the super cool guy who's doing super cool guy thing. Okay. Well, huh, Hey, I, I tripped. I'm comedic. Okay. Well, you're going to be comedic guy. And that's all your character is from now on. I'm never going to refer to your character as anything but comedic relief guy. And I'm like, okay, well, this is kind of one dimensional and, but you fuck one goat. Yeah. You fuck one goat. Yeah, exactly. So, um, 
Yeah, I don't know. Uh, that that's sort of the 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 problem. I think everyone knows to say yes, but or yes and, but you don't know how to proceed from there. You know what I mean? <laughs> the thing that comes after the and is supposed to interact with what you said yes to. Yeah, yeah, Damn yeah, yeah. Thing. It's building upon something, and people yeah. sort of get that first step, but they don't know to build upon it. So I don't know. Um, and with the experience I've had with my groups. Um, one of the things that I found that really works well is when you're setting the expectations at the start, um, I give them the start point, I give them the goal, and I let them determine how they want to get that as a group. And if we get a group consensus, good. If we don't get a group consensus, I get to try to work all of the elements into the thing. As a GM. Yeah. And that's the negotiation again. Like yeah. you're like, we're paddling. Okay. You're still paddling over there. Maybe I could work around that and we can, we can deal with that. But like, yeah. And almost every group is going to end up with a leader yeah. who will, okay, everybody paddle, right. I'm going to paddle left. I'm going to hit that guy on the head with the paddle. And now everybody <laughs> who is conscious is paddling, right? Yeah. I mean, hopefully it doesn't come to that, but like, hopefully not, but there's some people reason- need to get tagged with a paddle once. <laughs> There's a reason that, you know, in Congress, they call them the whips. <laughs> yes. Uh, so I don't know, Rob, uh, in terms of your, your group, uh, does this dynamic come up, this conflict in terms of uh, people sort of look like railroading to like paddle to the left all the way? Or- I mean, um, it depends on what point in the life of the show, because uh, honestly, I've played so little other than the, <laughs> the Orpheus campaign Protocol. of the yeah. Orpheus Protocol for such a long time yeah. now. Uh, there definitely, uh, have been phases of Mm -hmm. the game, uh, in terms of that dynamic. It started with everyone very, very much on the same page, despite their characters being very different Mm -hmm. in personality and, uh, skills and things like that. Um, because I think that they were very, uh, interested in finding out what was going on and investigating the intrigues. And I think we're also very scared of dying. Yeah. Uh, and so they sort of banded together against what seemed like quite impossible odds at the time. Uh, then one of them got real uppity uh, when he sort of discovered what some of the limits were and like what his powers could be used to do to the narrative. Uh, but then you know, that was, that was just sort of a growing pains phase. And then he figured out how to make, you know, choices that ended up boosting all of the other players uh, with, with those same tools that could be used for evil could also be used for good. Mm -hmm. Um, And then since the end of, season two i'm not gonna be spoiling anything on here go listen to the orpheus protocol <laughs> the available orpheus on protocol. itunes now available on stitcher Search as of like a couple days ago orpheus protocol. uh but uh <laughs> sorry Wait, no, but wherever fine podcasts yeah, are sold fine podcasts are sold indeed but um Your bespoke podcast yeah yeah but since the end of season two there hasn't been almost like a chance for mm-hmm. that dynamic because the events at the end shattered everything out into like a bunch of different perspectives. It's getting very song of ice and fire at this point where like there are lots of POVs. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so right now each POV is just doing what that one or two or three characters are doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm sure we'll get back. To but that it. was organic character growth. Like yes. people actually had arcs and like, yeah, it, their it, it made the, like literally yeah. at the end of season two, it made no sense for the main party to be a party anymore. Yeah. 
uh, and and it's kind of cool. It's exciting because we get to do completely new mm-hmm. stuff now in the same story. But we'll it'll the pendulum will swing back, mm-hmm. and we'll be at that point where people's choices are going to start fucking each other over again, <laughs> and we have to try not to uh, to do that. Yeah. Um, I mean, Bill, you, you talked about, I mean, Rob mentioned being on the same page and, uh, yeah. Wow. Hey, heck of a segue. (laughs) So, um, I think even like I kind of said earlier, like sort of as the guy that tries to research craft, you know, in, in gaming and all of that, I think, you know, as I was trying to tumble railroading over in my head, I was thinking about like, normally it is some sort of a social contract breakdown Mm -hmm. and like, it's a gosh, it's almost like treating a symptom instead of treating a disease yeah. um, as an approach. Like even when people aren't, you know, uh, clearly it's not a thing a lot of people do intentionally, but like, it's sort of a knee jerk treatment. So like to throw something out there as a tool to try to address that, like I still haven't quite gotten to the bottom of like how it works, but there's something out there called the same page tool that is for using sitting down in your session zero. And it's not, you know, per se a survey it's more kind of a discussion starter and it can be something to lead you in the direction of you know certain games if you haven't settled on what system you're playing next but even then if you have you know it can help you figure out if you're trying to play a square game in a round you know peg Mm -hmm. hole and all of that and just go out there and search same page tool i'll put i'll try and put a link in the show notes so you can just that is that is sweet session zero can help a lot um yeah and that kind of goes into this kind of an issue because uh you know for example back to what you were saying before david like the uh i'm just gonna run off into the desert and be a tool (laughs) like ideally in session zero you get your whole group together and you talk about why are you guys making the characters that don't want to run into the desert and instead want to do a fucking story? Yeah. Uh, And like, if you can get people to do that at the start, I mean, it's not foolproof, but it's going to help a lot. Yeah. Um, It should at least narrow, narrow it down to the people that you should actually tell the game is on a different night. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, That's one solution. Maybe a little (laughs) passive aggressive, but it, you know, eh, we're gamers. It's fine. Uh, I think, I mean, the main, the thing is, of course, you know, no matter what, how great your session zero is, how great you're setting, uh, same page, you know, negotiation goes, uh, there's the thing the game progresses and people change and they change their minds. You know, like I know, uh, Kale didn't sort of note, like when I play games in one of his campaigns, I have this tendency to make a wacky character at first and then halfway through start giving a shit about them. Like, Oh no, I need to do a thing and have a character growth. Uh, I've only done this and gotta get my son into a good school <laughs> yep or yeah or bartleby is not just a murder person with the yeah i mean nothing Bart- was ever taken away from the murder personhood <laughs> bartleby felt bad about it you know he, he did eventually Okay, Ross. <laughs> <laughs> but um i think the problem is a lot of players a lot of people in rpgs they like i want to do this thing and they don't like, I feel like the process should be you contribute something to the table, then you listen to what the other players do, and then you respond to what the other people at the table do, and then you add something new. People are just like, I want to add something new. I want to add something new. I want to add something new. They don't listen and respond to what, like, obviously, they have to do what the GM is doing because that's how the story is told. But like, players, like, oh man, I really, um, 
I want to save, get extra money so I can give it to the orphanage because they're going to go down. You know, they're going to, they, they, they're not paying their rent. They're going to, they're going to they, close the yeah, community center. Yeah. They're going to close the community center. And you're like, well, what? I, I don't give a shit about it's okay. that. I can break dance. Well, I better go to the community center, see how all the kids are doing. Like, uh, okay, whatever. Uh, can I go back to my, like crafting my sniper rifle, you know, and like, <laughs> Uh, I want to get. I want to spend all the money to get you know your depleted uranium bullets and like. I'm gonna level up my MMO avatar at home. Yeah, exactly. It, it, there is this kind of thing where like you're just not responding to what the other players are doing, uh, and that that's sort of a personal pet peeve of mine is when yeah. Uh, so, so what I'm hearing you say here is that active listening is hard and a lot of people are bad at it, which yeah. is the thing that most of us have to learn with our families <laughs> or at work. So yeah. good job bringing it into our hobbies as well. Yeah, Ross. I, I, I think that ultimate, hobby about collaboration negotiation. I mean, I think ultimately kind of boils down to, uh, to avoid not just this, but most of the problems yeah. uh, in role-playing games that are not based solely in bad mechanics in a book. Yeah. Uh, you have to have empathy and practice adult communication levels <laughs> with people, and one out of five gamers can do that. Yeah. So this is why it keeps coming up. Yeah. Uh, it, it's going to fall on a couple of people in any given like control group of mm-hmm. gamers to sort of drag the other ones out of the cave <laughs> into the sunlight, where we like teach them agriculture. <laughs> Um, and it's just, that's this just the way it the is. Cave yeah. And the Play-Doh metaphor. <laughs> yeah. Man, Jesus. this is getting too real for me. I, uh. I just drove a long way. My brain doesn't work. It's fine. <laughs> oh, that's cool. It's fine. Uh, but well, and yeah. I've got to say too, that different groups will have a couple of those leaders. And sometimes, um, we go a different way than the DM expects. And that's where it comes into that whole, I uh, guess, and yes, but thing. And if you can roll with it the right way, that's also the thing. There's got to be a little bit of flexibility. Um, I've got to share a quick little anecdote on that. We were playing cyberpunk. We were told that we basically need to take this other corporation out of a competition. And the way to do that was going to involve blackmailing their CEO. So we have the answer to it is blackmail. And at first, we had a couple of guys in the group that said, well, why don't we set up like an Ocean's Eleven-style heist? We'll break into his place. We'll steal his computer. We'll let the Netrunner do the thing. After figuring out that that was going to be a series of really, really hard roles, one of the other players said, why don't we just seduce the guy? (laughs) The DM was less amenable to that at first made a couple of roles and said, okay, well, it's going to be harder than you guys think because he's got different proclivities. You're not going to be able to send in your solo with an appearance 10 and a seduction skill. Uh, She's actually off the table. He likes them big, burly, and muscular. And so this is the point where the entire group turns to me playing the medic. (laughs) The only guy in the group that is not uh, cybered to all get out. And, um, they said, okay, Yvonne, what are you going to do here? You want me to call Sov- uh, Boris the Soviet love hammer? No, we want you to be <laughs> Boris. My day has come. Yeah. So it also boils down to, are your players willing to buy in to the crazy things? And if you've got players who are willing to jump in, who are good game and willing to take the risks and willing to take the steps. Thanks, Dan Savage. <laughs> uh, you're welcome. It, it makes a difference. And 
that's how we get off the railroad or get back on it, uh, however you want to view it. We still ended up getting the blackmail, just not in the way we originally planned. Um, we still ended up advancing the plot, although not in the way the DM originally intended, <laughs> but it worked. And I think that that's the most important part of it is, can you get to the goal? Yeah. And can you, as a group of players, agree that, okay, we're going to go off the rails on this. We've got a plan. It's just crazy enough. It might work. The whole thing only worked because everybody in the group yes-handed it and yeah. found ways to make it work. I mean, there, it's, it, the thing is that this is not like a binary thing. It's either acceptable or it's, or it's, it's either good gaming or railroading. There's kind of a spectrum of acceptable acceptability. Like it's like, if you know, one player is like, I'm going to do this game thing, but it's not like a game breaking or like, it's going to totally derail everything. Then like, okay, sure. Go do your thing. Make be your, uh, your character's always a cook and he likes making pancakes. All right. I mean, that could be a little quirk. If we're playing Cthulhu or D and D, I guess you're just pancake guy. That's fine, but like, and you uh, know what? We can plan with that. Um, yeah. So if it's just a little side thing, but if it's like, I'm going to qu- I'm going to shoot everybody so I can steal their money and open up a pan- you know a Waffle House. I'm like, what the? F-? You know that, that's <laughs> Waffle House franchise doesn't cost that much. <laughs> well, I mean, it they're really pretty poor doesn't. characters. This is. Um, you know, starting level Shadowrun characters. Look, we decided that we were going to go with your pancake plan. We're going to use your flapjacks for the thing. <laughs> yeah. We're buying in part way. You, you got to beat us. Well, and, and that's the that's the test then, right? Like, is the person mad about that or are they happy yeah. about that? Because because if they can if they can accept their crazy thing being used in a way that everyone has fun then they're not really the problem. Yeah. The problem is when... Fun is a zero-sum game. Yeah. The, the problem is when either consciously or unconsciously, they yeah. don't want anyone else having fun. And, like, that and happens. That's the point where you no. say, Flappy Jack, the game is now on Blurns Day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, I think the, probably the trickiest thing, again, is uh, is really tone. And uh, I think probably the seri- the hardest thing is, like, you want to do, you know, do a serious game, and then there's just... Like even people aren't necessarily intentionally sabotaging the game, but you know, people make jokes Mm -hmm. and there's, there's again, a a degree of acceptable jokes and stuff like that. But then like people, maybe it's just pushing a little too far one way or the, you know, it's like, or um, yeah. Or then again, or of course there's also the opposite. You're doing, you're doing a lighthearted game. And then it's like, well, my character's entire family was butchered and then I'm going to torture. So I have to torture this guy and I have to describe it. And you I know, mean, like, at some point you're doing Spider-Man noir though, and it yeah. actually works in the comedy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, like, I feel like that's something that the GM yeah. can, uh, can sort of bend back into the, uh, correct spectrum. Yeah. But how do you deal with like, you're trying to do a serious game and everyone's being like not taking it seriously oh, enough. God. Um, <laughs> I mean, especially for the Orpheus protocol. Cause that's supposed I to I mean, be. <sighs> make my players fear me in real life. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know. I've like, I've not had that much problem with it because yeah. I good players vet the hell out of people before mm-hmm. they come on the show. Uh, because it takes so long to, record that and edit it and produce it and stuff i'm not gonna cut around 900 bad jokes i i will i will murder you (laughs) uh so but i mean you i have run into stuff like that at conventions oh yeah sure uh and i don't think my strategy is necessarily the best one but Mm -hmm. i more or less just do the like 
the puppy is doing something bad. Uh, in, Break out in, the spray bottle? In, no, no. In, like like in a puppy class situation where there's multiple puppies, you give the attention to the puppies that are doing the good things. Oh, yeah. And like you just minimal engagement with the bullshit. Um, and in a group setting, especially when it's not like friends who are going to be like making a- alliances against the GM <laughs> uh, in like a convention setting, if it's a bunch of strangers, like it works pretty well. Like you just... Whoever's doing the good thing that helps the story, mm-hmm. like the GM, you light up a little extra, you turn to face them a little more. Yeah. Uh, and, and you know sell the other players. You know, it, just, more or less. Like yeah. you, you gotta control it. You you don't just completely ostracize them, but like you do dial up the enthusiasm for things that don't suck. Mm-hmm. Um and that has a pretty powerful subconscious effect, I think. Yeah. Uh, yeah, people can definitely pick up on that. Um, I know. Uh, yeah, I've actually, had, I've done that a couple times at cons when I just, it's not even like uh, an intentional strategy. It's like, oh God, that guy's annoying me. I'm just, uh, uh, yeah. This is especially something I go to as my first move if a player like, and again, this is only something that would ever happen at a convention. Um, mm-hmm. But like if a player would make a joke or reference that is inappropriate or would make certain groups of people uncomfortable or oh, something yeah. like that or make me like privately want to beat them up, like... I'll just ignore it and engage very actively with other things that are happening and try to teach them that that's not going to get a reaction out of anybody. Because once you've done the like, okay, we need to stop, we need to talk about blah, 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 like either they're going to be combative about it or they're not and it's still going to be unspeakably awkward for the rest of the time. And like if it's going to keep going, that's what you have to do. It's just that's just what it is. But if you can subtly steer away from it and have it not come back, you have a chance of salvaging a decent game out of it. Okay. Yeah. Uh, that, I mean, that's really good advice, uh, especially for the one shots and con game, pick up games. You never know what the hell's going to happen. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, no, yeah, no joke. Um, yeah. Bill, any thoughts on that? Uh, I mean, other than Rob stealing all the good points. (laughs) Sorry. Uh, Well, yeah, I mean, he drove all this way. He gets to do that. It's uh, true. That's yeah. his privilege. <laughs> I, I mean, I think especially like in the discussion of terms of tone, mm-hmm. um, I almost want to say it's like an aim for 70% yeah. kind of thing. Like you have the the place you really would want the game to land. Mm-hmm. But as long as you're getting 70% of that, you're probably in good shape. Because yeah. at the end of the day, like... For most of us, like Rob, I, I get that, you know, your situation's a little different, you know, sort of play testing this game and eventually like building up your marketing for it. But like, you know, it is still a hobby for the most part. Yeah. And, like people are gonna, it's gonna be their steam blow off time. And I know there are like those mythical like groups out that are there that are deep immersion role players that like, you know, yeah, seriously serious. do tone. And I guess God bless them. But like, you know, I, I think back. I mean, Armitage was sort of the most recent thing that I did mm-hmm. a whole lot of. And man, that was depressingly far away. But at any rate, real life intervenes. But like, I was really happy with where that landed because there was a lot of humor to it. Yes. But like, I still think it managed to, you know, hit the like bleak, bleakness and confusion that I was going for. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. People in real life make jokes. Yeah. And real life is bleak and horrible. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So it, they're yeah. not necessarily mutually exclusive. Again, it's a, it's a social contract thing. Yeah. 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 David. Yeah. Uh, what I was going to say on it is um, when you were saying uh, you don't want to edit out a hundred bad jokes, what if they're jokes that fit the theme? Um, 
I know that I'm bad about gallows humor. It's one of the things that my family resorts to. When we hit that moment of laugh or cry, we're going to be here all day. We'd rather laugh. <laughs> and sometimes it's, you need to laugh at the crazy. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I also know that um, it's not something that everybody gets along with. I joke about how I've got the David normal people don't blank list. And it's an actual list because I have to remind myself at times that there are things in my life that are not things in everybody else's because weird shit happens. Um, I think that happens to everybody. Like I, I'm surprised when people don't know what a coelacanth is, but I mean, maybe that's just me. I was surprised too. <laughs> Caleb and Spencer are going to hate my guts if they ever hear this, but fortunately you already have been, you know, back in Indiana by the time yeah, he's there. <laughs> and if Spencer can't figure out YouTube, I bet podcasts are going to blow Sa- his mind. Safely, so. safely back in the cloud of meth. <laughs> Well, well, you haven't really left the cloud of yeah, yeah. No, that's it's true. just a different kind of yeah. Place. There's a slightly different uh, back end to it. Yeah, the boutique, the bouquet yeah. is different. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. It's a again, it's a matter of degree. Like there's there's an acceptable level of joking, and there's the uh, unacceptable level of joking. So oh, yeah, something I can't believe I didn't already think of is like yeah. Session zero, we've talked about. It's super great. Mm-hmm. And not just for this, you know, obviously there are like 9 million reasons you need to do it, but, um, check in with your players. Yeah. Like, like every it. few sessions, if you're doing a long running campaign, like every handful of sessions has gone by, just have a rundown with all the players about how things are going, mm-hmm. how they feel about what's going on, things that they're hoping for or whatever. And then also go back around and talk to them individually. Mm-hmm. Because if they have a problem with each other, they probably won't actually say in the group. Yeah. Because again, it's like being confrontational is uncomfortable. Yeah. Uh, and maybe they're comfortable just coming to the GM and like hopefully you can come up with a way of like smoothing things over. Yeah. Uh, just check on the health of your campaign every once in a while because the earlier you catch a trend that is going to cause people stress or make it less fun for them, the easier it's going to be to fix it. Yeah. Uh, that's a really good point, especially yeah, in individual check-ins. Um, I tend to do that just by chatting with other players. I don't like, uh, and also they ping me too, but yeah, Mm. um, that's yeah. Especially if you're trying to go for the, the, you know, serious game or something like that. Like, um, yeah. Uh, any thoughts on that, David? Bill? Yeah. Well, and even in yeah. a non-serious game, you can yeah. have very serious uh, social dynamics going on. Where yeah. like every time player A is trying to like do a comedy bit, player B is t- twisting it in a way that player A doesn't like. Yeah, there's that. Like yeah, that. not responding and like there's like, oh, you're doing a funny thing. Oh, you like pancakes? Well, I'm gonna spit in them. I'm gonna spit in your pancakes every time. I'm gonna. <laughs> oh no, my pancakes. Yeah, well, it's like yeah, like why are you being a jerk like that? Why can't he? You let him do his pancake shtick. He just wants to do his pancake shtick. Just fucking let him. Like Jesus, let Tom be a frog. Yeah. <laughs> do you know how much money I've spent on these artisan stirrups? I was going to put poison berry on those. Yeah, exactly. Poison berry. <laughs> Uh, I mean, again, if it's like, I want to be a super rich werewolf who kills people. I'm like, okay, all right. And I want to just make the game about me killing people who anger me and being super rich and not anything else, maybe. And if it's, you know, that for five minutes per two hour session. 
All right, yeah, that's tolerable. Yeah. yeah, but if it's like, well, can I, me being rich, solve this problem without me doing anything? Okay, no, yeah, um, no, that's a good point. Um, strictly hypothetically speaking, yeah. strictly hypothetically, this sounds like I mean, one of those strictly hypothetical. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> ideally, you could make the um, you could make the um, what is it, dollar bill cannon. Um, mm-hmm. It just fi- fires bundles of money at your problems until they go away. <laughs> that's capitalism. Uh, well, that's uh, capitalism for a very small percentage. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of an outsized influence, though. But uh, we call it the Bezos factor. Um, anyway. Uh, anyway, what about his dick? <laughs> Uh, I did see a story where they considered buying AMI just to find out who was leaking the data because <laughs> it would have been basically a rounding error to us. That's so fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> right? Uh, uh. Anyway. Um, yeah. Any final thoughts on uh, railroading? I think we Don't do it. Yeah. Don't do it. That's uh, <laughs> bad. Uh, listen to other players, respond to what they're doing, and then add uh, contribute something. Don't just make it about like the thing you want to do. It's about you know, synthesis between everybody's. Uh, yeah. And if you, ooh, the Hegelian yeah. dialect. Yeah. If yes. you don't think that there's anything wrong with the dynamic, think real hard about what you're doing because it might be you. Like <laughs> yeah. that's, that sounds like a joke, but it's actually true. Like yeah. make sure that like, think about what you're doing and reflect on it and make sure that when other players are, or the GM are throwing things out there that they seem to care about and want something out of that, you're helping it be good. Yeah. Thanks, Rob. All I needed was a reason to, you know, engage my social anxiety when things are going. (laughs) (laughs) Glad I could help. And also got to say, too, sometimes you should rethink which one to go along with and which one to not. Mm -hmm. But sometimes those can lead to moments of gold. Um, If you can make the DM roll his eyes, but get everybody at the table to laugh along with you. Sometimes go with the crazy. Um, yeah. Um, I mean, there was a good example in uh, our rain campaign, the Galaxy 2, where we had this dramatic, serious moment, and then I made a, a, a pretty kind of dirty joke. It was, it was, it was blue, uh, but like everybody bust out laughing, and Caleb's like, ah, oh, well, the ruins won't, but like, Jason, uh, Jason was like, "No, we're our characters are all mercenary dudes. Like, if we if we get too serious, somebody's gonna make that kind of joke like that. Uh, like that was just like r- good role playing. I'm like, yeah, no, I totally meant to do that. That was totally my intent, uh, but it did work out. So exactly. yeah, um, yeah, cool. Uh, well, I hope this gives everybody something to think about. And when we get back, we'll have some shout outs and anecdotes. Woo! And we're back. Uh, I have no idea what kind of music I'm going to put in there, but... Uh, yes, you do. Yeah. <laughs> it could be synthwave. It doesn't have to be vaporwave. Vaporwave? It, I just said it's synthwave. It's going to end in wave. Okay, well, maybe. Probably, yes. Uh, it's certainly not going to be Korean boy band music. No. Uh, it's not... If you think that into the universe hard enough, maybe you'll get your way. Oh, no. It does exist. <laughs> I, I know They have exists. a machine that makes those. Oh, I just mean in terms of the actual podcast. <laughs> oh, yeah. No. Uh, anyway, so we have shout outs. Um, and so I will start out first off with a sci-fi novel I read, uh, Sleeping Giants, uh, which is part of a trilogy, uh, which is about uh, people finding parts of a giant robot uh, that aliens left there and then like 
putting it together and figuring out how to how to use it and it's written in the series um, as a series of interviews with some weird anonymous government fixer guy who's super connected super illuminati-esque and he's just interviewing the scientists and pilots and everything uh and sort of like some after action reports and diaries but it's it's uh and it uh, it moves along uh interesting pace and it's got some interesting sci-fi stuff and it's about giant robots so i mean what's not to like um uh, I mean, it's only part one, so they didn't have it fight another giant robot or monster yet. That yeah, I get. They gotta yes. have. They have. They have to have something for <laughs> the part two. Coming. Yeah, the buildup's coming. Um, so yeah, I quite enjoyed it. Um, let's see here, David. You you had uh, a board game you're looking forward to, right? As a matter of fact, yes. It's due to be delivered any day now. In fact, it might be waiting for me at home right now. Ooh. <laughs> so the game is called The Faceless. Um, the basic premise of it is that. A uh, little boy has gotten lost in the mysterious spooky woods that are totally not Eldritch Horror-filled. They're Eldritch Horror-filled. And his uh, little friends spoilers. are going to be <laughs> going into these woods to try to find him. Now, the thing that appealed to me most about it wasn't necessarily the premise as much as it was the way that the game is played. Um, so you move your pieces around a hex map. And when I say around a hex map, I don't mean on it. I mean around the edges. And as you move the child that you control, uh, there are magnets in the base of each of the kids that alter the point of the compass in the middle of the board. And wherever the compass points, the compass moves. So you basically have to move and turn your piece in such a way to get the compass to point the way that you want it to go and not run into the possible elder chores out there. Um, haven't actually played it because it hasn't arrived yet, but I am super looking forward to it. Uh, just because the mechanics of it seem so different than anything I've done before. This isn't a roll the dice, draw the card, mm -hmm. do the thing. Um, it's No, control the magnet. See if you can make it point the way you want it to just by angling magnets. So I, right. think, I think it's going to be fun. Yeah, no, I can't wait that to try it out. Um, uh, Bill. Uh, yeah, so, okay. Working in the, you know, kind of analyst space as I do, I have a mm -hmm. lot of, you know, time where it's nice to have something to kind of distract me while I'm doing mm -hmm. mathy and computery kind of work. So I end up hunting down YouTube channels. And I remembered recently on one rather bored day that I didn't know enough about industrial musicals. So I uh, typed that into the search engine and found a channel, pretty much the only one that dealt, had anything to say about it, called the Oddity Archive, which I then dove deeper down that rabbit hole <laughs> and uh it's a guy's web show where he does like 15 to 30 minute you know sort of quasi documentary quasi riff tracks um segments on various artifacts of the early and mid television age like his first episode is about the max headroom incident oh um, yeah yeah he like his second episode is a tribute to the emergency broadcast system <laughs> etc etc oh my that god is, that is extremely my jam yeah uh, it's yeah. it's essentially like the same content that goes into everything is terrible, but yeah. instead of strictly playing it for comedy, he's also like giving background details yeah. and like, here's what you should know about it. Informative, not absurdist. Yeah. Why not both? <laughs> All right. Touche. <laughs> um, uh, Rob, you had a, a video game. You'd yeah, think. I do have a video game. I'm going to shout out to Grim Dawn. I'm sure some of you have heard of it. Some of you probably haven't. It is the Diablo three that never was. Uh, it's very much, 
more a spiritual successor to Diablo 2 than Diablo 3 ended up being. Uh, but it is exceptionally dark in its story. Uh, there's a bit of cosmic horror in there on top Ooh. of the normal medieval horror, dark fantasy yeah. uh, business that you would expect. Uh, <laughs> you get to dip into two classes if you want to, which in that kind of game is nuts. Oh yeah, uh, and there's a whole layer of customization on top of those two classes and their talent trees, where you go out into the world and collect these things that let you unlock these special new abilities that augment your other abilities that are not tied to class in any way. So, like the depth of customization that's possible is frankly absurd, <laughs> uh, which is what you want, of course. Yeah. Uh, and they've kept it up pretty well in terms of expansions and stuff. There's another one coming out pretty soon. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it is just glorious kill normal, normally impossible to even think of levels of monsters. Mm-hmm. And it gets to the point where you can't even fucking tell what's happening on the screen. And it's great. <laughs> uh, it's yes. very much like just a, an updated, nicer looking, mm-hmm. uh, slightly deeper and nastier Diablo two. Okay. Uh, that not that I have time to play the games that much, but like it is yeah. exactly like the kind of thing that is perfect for like relaxing Ooh. actually uh, since we're having a lot of metaphor stealing tonight i yeah. heard a great one uh on a youtube channel called girlfriend reviews uh mm-hmm. that's about video games uh that speaks exactly to that she called those sort of moments christmas light diarrhea <laughs> <laughs> yeah eventually you get that except All it's with eldritch yeah. horrors nice yeah that you're, that you're uh speaking of eldritch horrors um the Netflix Godzilla anime released the conclusion <laughs> to its trilogy and does it have some cosmic horror? Uh, it turns out humanity and all its al- all their, the aliens couldn't kill Godzilla because Godzilla. And, but they're like, you know what could? Ghidra. If Ghidra was also Azathoth. And <laughs> it's fucking crazy. I, it, there were plot twists I didn't predict. Like, there's like, I didn't see that coming and it was great. Like, um it's it's got some incredible scenes in it it's also the most anime like final struggle ever because it's like this oh god i don't want to go too much into it without spoiling like part one and part two of this anime series are just to build just setups for part three uh it's also very like eclipse phase like it's really discussion of like can we have civilization or is civilization going to inexorably lead to our own destruction um which is kind of the thesis of godzilla yeah. we we just dist- we create our uh, yeah we create our own destruction um and uh nuclear weapons symbolized as godzilla I'm, yeah. I'm watching that the moment i get home yeah no it's it's oh god this anime was made for me this i just slide right into that hole in the mountain um <laughs> and it's great don't yeah uh let's see here um let's see who david you wanted to talk about a show i do indeed yeah. um i think that playing in um a number of these wonderful, wonderful Caleb Stokes campaigns with the conspiramids and connecting the dots in the investigation <laughs> has prepared me for a certain piece of reality TV, which I want to talk about not because of the performances involved, but because of the figuring out who is behind the mask. So I've been watching The Masked Singer, and um, I've just got to say I've got more rings on my right hand than I've got incorrect guesses. <laughs> And I've got less rings on my left hand than I've got um, 
correct ones. And the train leaves the station at 55 miles an hour <laughs> east. So, yeah, sorry. I've been uh, particularly proud of the fact that here I am in an office full of people uh, watching this weekly show, and I managed to get people on board with it just by showing them my conspiramids and connecting the yarn and just kind of saying, well, no, they said this on this episode and they said this on this episode. There, So therefore, the person behind that mask has to be Tori Spelling. Tori Spelling! And then LaToya Jackson. So, yeah, the only one I have missed so far is uh, the very first reveal because he's a sports baller and I know nothing of the sports ball. Apparently, he runs with the foosball for the Pittsburgh team. Yep. That involves steel in some sure. way? Yeah. I don't know. All right. <laughs> but I, yeah, I'm, I'm sure he is extremely famous within that field, but that is not my niche and I am gloriously unaware and of it. Investigating cults will help you appreciate reality TV even more. Uh. <laughs> well, to the point where um, with one particular reveal, I yeah. was laughing because of the fact that I called it three weeks before. Mm-hmm. And one of the judges, uh, Ken Jong. Um, actually had this particular actress, activist, comedian on the show as his sister, and he had no idea who it was behind the mask, but I did. So that I call that a tiny victory. Um, I've also outsmarted Jenny McCarthy at every turn, but that's kind of like punching a five-year-old. It's not a hard reach to be smarter than Jenny McCarthy. You believe that vaccines work. So oh, you, no, I don't believe you that know vaccines that. work. <laughs> yeah, I know they do because I believe in science. Touche, touche. Good point. Uh, so she is a horrible garbage person. Anyway, um, I want to mention a board game I finally got to play after backing the Kickstarter and probably having it taunting me for over a year. Uh, Gloomhaven. Uh, oh my! Yeah, we finally broke it out and and assembled got all the things punched out all the things out of the things uh and we played a full the first scenario and we won barely uh and we used the the gloomhaver gloomhaven helper app uh which is available on all platforms a wise choice yeah yeah it helped a lot have you played it uh, rob yeah yeah okay yeah so um yeah it's really fun and uh i can't we already put our money together to get the broken token or organizer. Cause I was foolish enough to think two tackle boxes would be enough for all the components. Uh, brave man, brave, foolish man. Foolish. Broken token does God's work. Yeah. Yes, so, uh, we are, yeah, we'll uh, be playing a lot more of it. Hopefully. Um, and also if you play, get the app, like do some research before you open the box. Like there's like a, so on the uh, community, there's like a two page, like 27 point. Here's what you do to set up. <laughs> like don't let me this deteriorate from the game it's fun but they're like 27 points like ross yeah call me when you unlock the bard <laughs> yeah well we don't know it's a bard it's it's a music note class okay but, call me when you unlock the bard ish yeah uh <laughs> it's totally a bard no I'm, it's a back to corbin <laughs> oh. this is Pull not arm gonna, joke yeah. this isn't going to be a bohemian ear spoon thing Damn again it. is it uh that's the name of my ska band uh anyways bill uh speaking of games uh there's a book you want to talk about yeah uh that just came out of kickstarter so it should be going into general availability um the angry gm wrote a book called game angry uh i've spoken about his stuff before mm-hmm. on here again if you don't like the shtick I understand, but <laughs> if you can get past the shtick, there's actually good advice in there. 
Yeah. And this is a book of it. So if you would rather consume it in dead tree form than uh, interwebs form, then like me, you're a shameless consumer whore and I have recommended <laughs> this thing to you. And I feel like the shtick is a little calmed down in the book compared to... Fair. Yeah. Oh, have like, you read it too? Or? Yeah, I've got it. Okay, yeah. Um, I've read some of his stuff, I like on his blogs, but yeah, yeah I don't follow him regularly. Cause I mean, I've, also the shtick has calmed down over time. Yeah. Like that's, that's now fair. it's just the first hundred words are going to be angry and randy and to no specific point and then content. <laughs> yeah. I, I no longer have the energy to keep up this facade. I mean, his article about the eight kinds of fun is one of like the most useful things oh, yeah, yeah. Yes. I've ever seen. Oh mm-hmm. man. Yeah. Yeah. It's so good. It's certainly, yeah. Helped inform my GMing theory. It's really good. Yeah. Um, and Smart I think, guy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think we're we're pretty much caught up on. Where's a mean Sailor Jupiter costume? Yes, yes, I've, <laughs> I have seen. Uh, so anecdotes. Um, since Rob is our our special guest, since he came from the farthest away, uh, do you have any anecdotes you'd like to to tease us with for from the Orpheus Protocol? Um, yeah, yeah. There's a couple things. Uh, one of the big ones is that I like many people who run actual play podcasts mm-hmm. do a patreon tier where people can come and play games with me yeah uh and i i do one of those like okay there's a limited number of slots and it's an ongoing campaign blah 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 and it just so happens that the people who just i didn't choose them i didn't interview them or anything it's just <laughs> who, who's giving me the money all four of them are shockingly good role players who have good sound equipment so we just are recording everything that that we're playing <laughs> uh and that's going to be going up as bonus content for backers of certain level nice uh, recently we did a mostly standalone arc on the show called the storage arc mm-hmm. uh we're not in it anymore but it's a recent one mm-hmm. uh there are a couple callbacks to earlier stuff that will make it better if you've listened to the whole show but they were the players on it. I wanted to do an arc with sort of everyman characters who weren't like super connected in this giant occult conspiracy and like just were running into a terrible thing. Kind of the the first 10 minutes of an X-Files episode uh, <laughs> in 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 short role-playing arc form. And uh, it was a lot of fun yeah. uh, completely shifting, you know, the power level and the mm-hmm. perspective that the characters had in a completely different group dynamic. And... I can't wait for you all to hear it. And uh, if you're if you like what you hear, uh, sometime in the near future, we're going to start releasing like the whole campaign that they're doing. Ooh, uh, so something to look forward to for all you Orpheus Protocol fans. Um, I just like saying the Orpheus, or- Orpheus Protocol. You know. Uh, anyways, you know it really sticks in the mind. The Orpheus Protocol. The Orpheus Protocol. <laughs> the Orpheus Protocol. Uh, just Listen don't look to back. Uh, um, so, David, any of the any anecdotes from uh, any of the games you've been playing outside of? Uh, I mean, Rain. Uh, we have finished the Rain campaign. Uh, oh, no yes. spoilers, because uh, it's something to look forward to. Uh, it was quite well, dramatic. But. I do have to share one from the Starfinder campaign. Sure, because um, it's too wackety schmackety do not to. <laughs> okay. Uh, so our crew was tasked to kidnap a unicorn. Mm-hmm. from a planet yeah and so we figured out ways to make this happen uh we made sure that we had the cargo space on the ship um we realized that because we're going after what is essentially a magical horse and we need to bring it back alive that we're going to need horse tranquilizer that's been dosed up with a little bit of magic <laughs> so we used a little bit of alchemy 
on the horse tranquilizer to make it, what did you call it, Rob? Alketamine. Alketamine. <laughs> and we had sig- or this sufficient amount of doses. I also have to warn that this is also about the point when the final player to our group showed up, which is Mr. Whiskey. Mm-hmm. Um, after the players had gotten to drinking a little bit, um, one of the things that seemed like a good idea was when our soldier, who was mostly a grappler and grenadier, mm-hmm. decided that there's no way that he can put the alketamine into a grenade. So we arrive, everybody else is just loading up their needler darts and getting ready to find a way to either shoot a dart or stab the unicorn. And he immediately starts lubing up his fist. (laughs) And internet, I got to apologize, but he rolled a nat 20 on that. So he fisted the unicorn. I feel like the internet is the only thing that you don't need to apologize to in this situation. I I think this is the only time that the phrase we fisted a unicorn (laughs) is not going to turn up on some rule 34 site. But yeah, have you ever seen a DM laugh so hard that he can't breathe while simultaneously snapping his lead pencil in half because he can't believe you did the thing? Yeah. Yeah, that, that, that's crossed off my list now. <laughs> Unicorn right. fisting. It, it happened. All right, yeah. And, it was uh, for the plot. Yeah, it was for the plot. Um, totally so, for the plot. And the greater good. And the greater <laughs> pro- possibly. Uh, remains to be unseen. Uh, but it was definitely not railroading. It was, it was a collaboration between the GM and the players. No, just railing. <laughs> Oh, it's just railing. Um, uh, so we leave we you with that. We all just kind of jumped in on that one. We just kind of yep. went, okay, th- this is where we're going. Yep. Um, screw it. We're doing it live. Uh, <laughs> go uh, ahead. See what happens. Uh, so we leave you that mental image. Uh, and Rob, would you like to plug the Orpheus Protocol? I before? feel like it's been said a couple times, but <laughs> the Orpheus Protocol available where fine podcasts are sold. It's the long form campaign that what is also the beta test of the Orpheus Protocol game, which is coming to Kickstarter, hopefully in May. Wow. Uh, so if, we if everything goes, there's that? still plenty of time for things to go wrong and make it take longer than that. But this year, for sure. All right. Uh, and hopefully sooner rather than later, we're, we're working on it pretty hard. Awesome. Well, we're looking forward to that. Uh, and that has been RPPR episode 164, uh, Railroading Off the Cliff. Uh, we'll talk to you all uh, next time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. See you. Orpheus Protocol. Orpheus Protocol. Orpheus Protocol.